0: yeshiva.net. Okay, good morning everybody. Welcome, we want to especially welcome the Ukrainian guests, the guests from Ukraine, who are gracing us this morning. Samach Beis, column 1, or page 123. The line starts, V'laché, in the middle of the page. He said, touch So yes, the should come before Yira." The answer is, it's very different. <coughs> Yira represents a certain distance but also a closeness because if I'm in awe of something I have to appreciate it on some level. There has to be some sense, some experience. That's why Yira is the same letters like re'iya. You have to see. You have to see. There's some, some appreciation. It's not ahava, it's yira. It's a sense of awe, majesty. But there's a certain element of, of ri'iya. So he says, there's yira, vayiru as Hashem is in Havaya de la Sata The world that's manifested, it's revealed. He has to repeat Havaya. Because if it would say the same Havaya, you would be missing the point. It's the world, it's the reality that's not seen. comprehended, grasped. Like right? So even yireh is not available there. Kiyim, the proper, the experience of it, can only be through what we call emunah. In Shemayin the opening of Shemayin we identify Hashem in three terms. HaKel HaKel HaGadol HaGibar V'Anair which comes from Moshe Rabbeinu. In Sefer Dvarim, upon him, but the interesting thing is that the vav is only by the third. If you if you if if you want a vav, because you want the prefix of a vav, like and in English and so Hagodl, Hakel, Hagadl, veHagibber Vihano, and and She so says Shaliyasprinus Nira Tadachliest kill vov. For him to be noira, noira is that which is awed In Yiddish it's called farchtik. <laughs> Noida is farchtik, right? Noida is that which triggers a mom- an experience of Yira. Noida is awesome. Awesome. The first is we a vav. What's vav? V'chines ham shachem is For me to experience an awe, it has to be a vav first. Because the vav is is the letter that represents hamshacha communication from a higher place to a lower place, to the point that I could see, and therefore I can be in awe of it. Awe could only come from a certain closeness, an appreciation, a sensitivity. The first two people could see could could meet the same reality or meet the same person. One is not affected because they don't they don't have the tools to appreciate it. In their world, it doesn't mean much. The fact that one person experiences a year, we're talking a year is boous, a, a, a year of, of awe of, of, of the grandness of it, where I, I, I feel inadequate, not inadequate in a negative way, in a positive way because it's so it's so big. I'm, I'm coming face to face with something so uh, so infinite. This, this, this is a closeness. You have to be able to have a sensitivity for this. Some people could just uh, ignore it and miss it. So sometimes, in uh, you know, people say, "Oh, that's a, that's that's a greatness." You don't get lost in anything. That's not a compliment. <laughs> in certain situations, not to get lost is a very big compliment. But in other situations, okay, unfortunately, you just you missed it. You know. There's no hispilus by you. You don't get in a from anything. So, yeah, when you get hurt, a lot of times people decide they're not going to get in a spell from anything because they don't want to be, uh, uh, enraptured. What's the word? Enraptured? Huh? Yeah, enraptured. Nobody's going to enrapture me. It could be expressed in you. Hispilus comes from the word pu'ula. Something affects you. Hispilus means, vas vest in a right? Something is, is, is pile in you, from the word it's affected sometimes a person remains cerebral I remain in my own my own orbit, you're not gonna, I mean I'll look at you, I'll observe you, but it's from a very distant, deep distance year is a, is, a, is a deep experience he loses himself there's a certain there's there so he says that comes that night and he always needs a vav for Hashem to be able to be night as we will it has to go through the Vav, vehanaira, which is es havaya. Then there is, um, vayaminu. Vayaminu is that which yira, which ri'iya can't touch. My eyes, physical or spiritual, can't see it in the sense that I can really grasp it. It's almadiskasya. It's a concealed reality. Here he says vayaminu bavaya. The fascinating thing is that Moshe comes in the second. You could say they had Yirah for Moshe also. It's a very interesting pasuk, right? They feared God and they believed in God and in Moshe. <laughs> we say it every day, so we don't realize it's a very it's not it's not a, it's not a regular posik. They feared God, but they believed in God and in Moshe. Moshe's <laughs> is Suddenly he gets his own Emuna. <laughs> and what does it mean? They believed in Moshe. What does it mean? Right, they see Moshe. They see Moshe. Yeah. They didn't have to believe that Moshe is Avda. They saw it. It says in Mechilta. The Mechilta says on the pasuk, "Malalamed <laughs> shekol Misha mamim and the opposite. That's what the Mechilta says, which is an extraordinary Medrash of the Chazal. This is the Mechilta, which means it's one of the earliest texts of Teresh from the Tanayim, the Medrash on Shmois. So the Mechilta says that this possek teaches you that if somebody believes in Moshe, it's like he believes in Hashem, and if not, not. What does it What does? What does the taka mean? Which brings up another question. What do you need, Maisha? What is the real role of Maisha? To the point that it says that the ultimate of Yetzius Mitzrayim and Kriyas Yamsuf is finally at the conclusion of it all. When it hit the crescendo, when finally the whole Golas Mitzrayim is over, because till Kriyas Yamsuf, there was still, you know, as Rashi says, they still had tremendous fear of the Egyptians. They even thought after Kriyas Yamsuf, they're going to come up on the other side. The sea will wash them ashore on the other side. That's what it says clearly. That's why Vayari Yisrael b'tzayim meisal And at that moment, the highlight of it is you could say vayaminu basham Vayaminu basham After basham Now Moshe obviously has Avda, not Moshe separate. Moshe as avde. There is the word is especially there. So he says u'bem Moshe avde. Moshe represents what's called das. Das is hiskashe's connection. The pasuk says in Bereishis, we learned many times, Adam, yada es Chava." Adam knew Chava, and they had children, Cain and Hevel. So yada, it says, Adam knew Chava. she became pregnant and she gave birth. Yada is a euphemism. For a connection, for intimacy. Ha'adam yada eschav, right? Ishla yada is an expression. A man did not know her. Yada doesn't mean knowledge, cerebral knowledge, I know about you. Das represents his kashras, connection. Which means on every level, it could be physical, like Ha'adam yada eschav, he didn't only know her, but he connected with her. But wherever that, whenever you talk about das, on every level, it's always eskashas. Eskashas means the connection between between the two. It's not just knowledge as detached knowledge. I know it, a computer has information. I also have information. It was a tzana safra, a bookcase filled. You know, the bookcase has the most knowledge, right? It's filled with knowledge. The Gemara has an expression. It's a tzana safra. It's The Gemara it says about somebody, he's a bookcase filled with books. So it's a very interesting way of describing somebody. In other words, he's full of information. Yeah. Like they say about a computer, right? <clears throat> it's full of information, but it's clueless. Yeah? It has, it knows everything, but it knows, like somebody once said, people who know the price of everything and the value of nothing. So Das is not just knowledge. Knowledge is information. Das is the hiskashras, the internalization of the knowledge. Because knowledge without internalization, Frankly, is useless. I mean it's useful for for sometimes certain accomplishments or certain creations, but in terms of the human advancement, a person could know everything, but they know nothing. They didn't get it, you know. So Das is Va'adam Yoda's have what what you would call intellectual intimacy. Because that's what yada means, intimacy. Intellectual intimacy. What mean intellectual intimacy? Just like this physical, it's also I, I really get it, I understand it. That's what hiskashrus means, and that changes everything. Everybody knows you could know information, and you may believe the information. It's not like you're questioning it, but there's no das, and as long as there's no das, the effects won't be the same because it's still like aloof. It's 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 cerebral. So it says in, in Svadim of Kabbalah and Chassidus is in Tanya. Also, there's a whole discussion on the Perik base. Moshe represents Das. Moshe is Hadas. What's Pshat Moshe's Das? K Moshe Shiva The Gemara says in Sukkah, <coughs> the end of Sukkah, that there were seven shepherds by the Jewish people. In Zayhar, they're also discussed as the seven Ushpizen of Sukkas. They're called Shiva They're defined as the shepherds. Moshe, of course. <laughs> The passage says about him, a he was a shepherd. So a shepherd literally, he shepherded the flock, but he's also considered one of the timeless seven shepherds of the Jewish people. What's the f- function of a shepherd? The shepherd has to tend to the sheep, and feed them, and nurture them, and protect them, and help them survive in a wilderness where there is often... Uh, uh, dehydration, and, 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 and a lack of food, and predators, dangerous animals. And their, roya is responsible for the site Like we have in Gemara, you know, you give your tsoin to the roya, to the shepherd, to watch them. Moshe o'yaray. In Zohar, Moshe is defined as a roya mahemna. Raya means the faithful shepherd. Mehemna is the Aramaic for nemon. Like the passage says about Moshe, Bechol Beisi, Nemonhu. Ba'lo He's trusted, faithful, uh, loyal. What's the name of loyal and trusted? He's the faithful, trusted shepherd. Bechol Beisi, nemon He's nemon. You say he's an ish nemon. What's is the name of ish nemon? In Yiddish it's called Abagloy Pteh Yeah. English, Trustworthy. A Trustworthy human being. In fact, in Zoya, there's a whole section, in Sefer Shmois, these parishes called Raya Mehemna. It's called the Segrim Mehemna, which according to the Zoya, was, it was wisdom that was given over by Moshe Rabbeinu, who's called Raya Mehemna. So, the is he's a faithful shepherd. The Balatanya Taichas, Raya Mehemna, something else, Raya Mehemna, Raya Mehemna means he's a shepherd of Emunah. Not, of course, he's a faithful shepherd. Raya Mehemna means he shepherds Emunah. Raya, he shepherds his flock with Emunah. Raya, he feeds them. He gives them. A shepherd feeds the flock. He brings them to the right grasses, the right Pastures in order to be able to feed. So Raya Ma'amna, he's the Raya of a Muna. What's Pshat Neman? Again, not just he's trusted. I I, I like him. I'll, I'll show him what's going on. He won't go, he doesn't have to go. But Bakal Basi Nemanhu is that Moshe has the power to be able to give a neman. There was a pasuk in, in uh, Tehillim, Ure'ei Ur Emunah. Ure'ei Ur Emunah. So the Baltania title is Ure'ei Ur means Ure'ei Ur from the word Raya. Ure'ei Ur Emunah means you have to shepherd the Emunah because Emunah on its own could remain aloof and that's the function of Das and Eskashros to be able to internalize it. For Vuhu hamechaber umekasher beiz haviyo Sanal. So therefore, it can connect by the Jewish people the two states of Havaya, Havaya de lasata va and Havaya de leila v'yamino. For the that's why the Gemara says in Brachos, atu yiru mil sezutro sehi in legabimayishachul. The Gemara says in Maseches Brachos, which some of you are learning now, it says in Parshas Ekev. Moshe says, and now, what does Hashem ask of you already? Only to fear him. That's all he asks. Like, like, what do you make, you know, what does he want from you? He's just asking the So the Gemara asks him, Zutrasah means small. Is Yirr such a small thing? <laughs> It's like such a, it's 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 a, it's 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 insignificant. Like, what am I asking for you to do already? What am I asking for you to do already? Give me five dollars. What am I asking of you already? So the Gemara, says, what is Hashem asking? Only a Hashem alakacha. So what does the Gemara answer? In yeah, legabi <laughs> Moshe For Moshe, it's a small thing. For Moshe, it's a small thing. So the Tanya, Balatanya asks, and Tanya, I don't understand, what type of answer is that? He's not talking to himself. He's talking to the Jewish people. <laughs> See, for you, it's a small thing. You're not talking to yourself. So talk to yourself and say, what is God asking of me, only Yireh? For me, it's a small thing. He's talking to the people. And Baklal, it's an interesting, uh, statement that, for Moshe, Yireh Hashem is a milsezutrasi. It's a kleinakait, a small thing. So he's, t- he teaches here that year is, vayiru is Havaya, and vayaminu ba'avaya is a Havaya de la ela. So year in milse for Moshe year is a small Indian, because year is Havaya de la Sata. That's what he says. Vaydebchinis Moshe, nis alulabchinis Havaya de la Eila. Vayaminu, to be able to experience vayaminu in Havaya de for this one needs Mesha. And that's why at this point, right before Kriyas Yamsov, Moshe gave an introduction, the Jews were screaming and he was screaming. And he said, Hashem God will combat and you be silent. Silence, which is Alma Disqassia. In Almadiskasiya, the relationship is one of silence. Shtika. Atam That's what, that's where Munna comes in. And Munna is experienced in silence. The hardest thing to do is to be quiet, no? <laughs> to really be quiet. <laughs> he told them to be quiet because it wasn't easy. But Atam is not a, silence is, uh... you want me to talk about it? You want me to talk about silence? I don't have a choice. Yeah. No, the question is, why does the B'chal come in there? And why does it come in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people think it's not even Judaism. Whoever, yeah, I mean, the 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 the. the the There's a there's a lashon in Zayhar, The zoyar says is spachtus the moishah bechal dar of a darah. There's pashtus of moishah every day. Oh, yeah. And in Medrash Rabba says ain't lechal dar she ain't becham moishah. So then the nekudus avday. But even as avday, what does it mean? Obviously moishah as avday, not moishah as a as a separate mitsiys. Moishah not a separate mo. Bechal beisin emunu. Loi kam But what 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 is this sign of 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 the amuna? Oh, Moshe himself. Yeah. <laughs> well, we learned he came from a different shmita. You know, in the previous Maimon Shemois, he came from a whole different shmita. By him, the Chiddush was to speak, not to be quiet. <laughs> By him, he didn't want to speak. Hashem said, some Pella Adam. Tikkun has hope. Kei osa hope. Moshe was... <laughs> The whole of Tikkun was a Wasn't, wasn't, he was allergic to it. Shemata tell him that Kayla have hope. You don't have to give up on the world. Yet. <laughs> you don't have to give up on the, you don't have to give up on the world. You could scratch the yet. They didn't have to believe that. What does it even mean by amina? What did they have to believe it? They saw the Marcus They saw Kriyas Yamsuf. They saw. He picked up his hand. It says, You don't have to believe. And it's after year. It's not before. And by year, they, they feared Moshe also. I would think the proper thing is they were afraid of Moshe. <laughs> Look at him. The man, uh, the man knows how to do a trick or two or 10 or 11, right? He has up his sleeve. Uh, what, what else is coming? I but Moshe always said that it's a shlichus. It was never as, uh, I'm I mean it was never such a moment. I mean, even in the Haggadah on Pesach, he's not mentioned, you know. It's an interesting thing. In the whole Haggadah, Moshe is not mentioned once. You would think that when you're telling the story of Pesach, Epis uh, thank you. a The man did it all. Uh, by the way, as a Shliach, not as his own man, but something. The Chokhem you mentioned, the Rosh you mentioned, the Tam you mentioned, Para you mentioned, on you, everybody gets mentioned, from Lavan to Para. They're all mentioned very nicely. They have prominent, they're prominently featured in the Haggadah. The Tam, the Shenyeh, the Elishal, Alts, everybody. The plagues, the, the frogs, the lice, huh? Even the goats, yeah? And the, and the dogs. <laughs> uh-huh. well, he meant, Moshe is mentioned once in the Haggadah. Not in the Haggad, this Pasek. <laughs> when you're reading the Makas, how many Makas there were, right? Before the, before the section of the Dayenu, and he goes through, he says this Pasek. That's where he's mentioned. In this posik that's it. In the text of the Haggad itself, outside of Teresh the Haggad is Mechilt, it's a text of the Chaza. Not mentioned once. I don't know, figure it out. Figure it out. Why, why choose Moshe, you say? Do it himself. What do you need, Moshe, What's the real role of Moshe? What's the real role of Moshe? What is, what is the essence of Moshe? That's really the question, yeah? What are, what are you looking at? Haggadah? Huh? Not once. You won't find his name, I'm <laughs> telling His name is not there. No, no text. No text of the Haggadah. Sometimes as different as but the, his name is deleted. It's an interesting thing. When they made the Haggadah, you would think that was something. I know that, but Mamish incidental, incidental. Okay. We're talking in you know, Upsah. I mentioned. I mean, the whole Haggadah really is strange. When you look at the text of the Haggadah, you would think you should just tell the story that they were in exile and they left, right? The Haggadah is one of the most... uh, If you don't understand the Haggadah, I mean, I don't mean to sound irreverent, but if you don't understand the Haggadah, like if you're reading the Haggadah, you would say, and you don't understand, you would say it was composed by the most ADD uh, personality in history. It's like... The kid asked four good questions. Why don't you answer them? So okay, we were slaves to party in Egypt, and he took us out. Okay, it's a good beginning. Suddenly, wait, 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 in Bnei Brak there was a story. They were there a whole night speaking. By the way, once we're talking about Bnei Brak, yeah, mm-hmm. let me tell you what Rebbe ibn bin mm-hmm. said about Yitzias mentioning Yitzias Mitzrayim at night. Wait, wait, Tati, could you just get back to the story? No, 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 no. By the way, I want to bless Hashem for giving us the Torah. And you should know there's four different types of children by the Jewish people. Now let's talk about the different types of children. Okay, now you're finished. By the way, why are we even doing the Seder tonight? I think we should do it on Rish Once we're talking about this, okay, you know what? Okay, Vihishamda, let's sing a song. They want to destroy us in every generation. Tati, can you go back to the story? No, 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 no. and Harami was a really, really bad guy. I'm going to start just talking about and Harami. And by the way, we have a lot of Madrashim, Ampsukim, and Parshas Bikurim, and Kisava. Oh, the Makas, yeah. Let's do the Makas, right? By the way, there's an argument how many Makas there were. Uh, Ta. why don't you just go back to the story? Why don't you tell the story? Shmoiz, Ve'edim. No, 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 no. Now we're going to discuss Dayenu. <laughs> okay. By the way, we didn't mention Pesach Matzah and Mara. Let's do Pesach Matzah and Mara. Okay, it's time to drink. Let's go eat. And that's it. No. People don't realize this. Huh? You do realize this? Okay. The text of the Haggadah is one of the most ambiguous, strange, ah? Huh? In other words, you're used to it. Everyone has a vart, a vart here, a vart there, a vart there. But the whole structure from beginning to end, yeah, I'm telling you, it's mamish like a, pr- you could you could see how a brain works, yeah? And the main thing is never to come back to the story, and good for him, he never does. <laughs> he never does. Words, if I were to ask you to compose a text, to read at the there, yeah, about Yitzhia S'mesim, what do you think is the natural thing to do? What, what should you read? You have a story. Shmais Va'era Boy, A beautiful story. We read it every year. Exile, redemption, emancipation. You have a story. Read it. Tell it to your kid. Discuss it. You know that story is not read once. In Parshas Bikurim, Parshas Ki, which is Ki Savoy, yeah, he takes Pesukim from there and he starts darshaning it and only after talking about that. Why are you analyzing your family at the Seder? I understand. Was it a therapy session? I understand. No. Yeah, it was a text on, 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 on Shabbos. Okay, now let's talk about the different types of kids in the family. This you do privately with your wife. You talk about your kids. (laughs) You ever thought about this? Look at the text. You'll see it's a very, very, it's a fascinating text. There's a uh, he's, he's trying to say something, so I'm just saying the structure is very important, and the fact what's put in, what's not put in, obviously, it's I, I'm 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 being humorous about it, but there is a profound structure to it, by not having that structure that we would expect, that itself is part of the structure, right? Sometimes that's the best structure. So, I'm going to share two parables, two parables today. Parable number one. There was a remote location where a tribe lived for many, many years, disconnected from the rest of civilization and therefore disconnected from all the progress and modern civilization. And one day, from the sea, was washed ashore a telephone. A telephone was washed ashore. They never, in a little box. They never saw such a thing. They took it out, and they brought the experts. And of course, they saw buttons. They started to press. Zero. Can I help you, sir? Right? They pressed other numbers. 911. How can I help you? (laughs) And this was incredible. They're hearing voices of which sounded like human beings, which is, of course, impossible (laughs) because they're here on a remote island, so that's not possible. So they brought the scientists and all the Chachmei Chalem to analyze the telephone. And they analyzed it for weeks and months and they looked at it and they sought and they scrutinized it and they reached a conclusion. The conclusion was that when you assemble metals and crystals and and matter in this particular fashion, right? It's a type of instrument that when you press it, it produces the replica the sound of a human voice, which is an amazing an amazing thing for that sound. As when you have a violin and you have a court a string and, or a piano, and you press the key, and this particular key produces a particular sound. This is unique. It's just a sound, but it's actually the sound of human beings in a different language (laughs) that they never heard, a different language they didn't hear. This was the conclusion. Very logical conclusion, Emma. There was a profound person there on the island, and he said, I want to suggest something. Maybe you have actually touched on something that you have never touched on before. Maybe this is an ability to access the reality of people who don't live here. They all started to laugh. I'm a sugar And you could see their laughter, right? I just want you to put yourself into their shoes. <laughs> You're a crazy person. Who has brainwashed you? There's no such a thing. Obviously... It's just uh, between the lithium and the, the switchboards and the metals. Uh, this is the sound it produces. Yeah, we have to figure out the other language. Okay, we have to figure out stuff. There's no question. But it's obvious. And we'll prove it to you. The be- greatest proof is smash the phone and the voices stop. <laughs> Obviously, it's all in the phone itself. Right? You smash it hard enough, right? There's no voices anymore. Obviously. It's, of course, all in the phone. There's nothing outside the phone. This is what the phone produces. It's like you break the piano, you break the violin, you tear off the cord, so there's no sound anymore. That's what it is. It's just the phone itself. And they defined him as a senile, old overbottleneck old man who does not, uh, who cannot anymore lead uh, the community. That's the end of the story. The fool on the hill. Yeah. What would it take for them to consider what he's saying? What would it take for them? Huh? Can can they logically consider what he's saying? They would have to go back to iron. We know... We, the brilliant people of 2020, living everybody with a hundred phones, right? <laughs> well, it's obvious. It's not obvious. Of course they're right. They're dead wrong, but they're dead right. <laughs> Made in China. <laughs> huh? Right. Huh? Moshe Rabbeinu didn't live in yesh, he lived in ayin. You would have to go back to ayin. And that's the most difficult thing to do. Ayin uproots every yesh. It's the source of everything. You have to be able to go back to the source to be able to come back and look at it from a completely different perspective. If you study a little bit about scientific developments in history, you'll see many of them when they were first suggested by people, those people were not just laughed at, but sometimes killed. The cynicism was beyond. There was a doctor, there was a, in Vienna, there was a time in the 1800s where thousands of women were dying after childbirth. And they searched everything to figure it out. And they couldn't figure it out. Women would die the doctors would tend to them. Then they would go in and give help the new women give birth. And a few days later, the women were dying. The numbers were staggering. They searched everything. There was a doctor, his name was, um, Semmelweis. Huh? Semmelweis. Semmelweis. And he, he had a, he said that they're going from the dead patients to the living patients. And the hands, (laughs) the hands are not being washed. But nobody saw germs. There was no Mitzia's germs. Thank you. It was the telephone. He was locked up in a mental asylum, in a mental institution Mm. where he was beaten to death. Today, the world has him to thank (laughs) for doctors going over to the sink and washing their hands. (laughs) But he himself, he was, he was, this is not a, this is not a, he was locked up in the basement in Amishagayim house. Huh? 25 years, later, they started. 25 years later, they started to look back and they saw. It saved, it saved hundreds of thousands, ultimately millions of people, mothers, young mothers. A few years ago, the same thing happened with ulcers. Yeah. Huh? Same thing with ulcers happened. What's the reason for this? The, uh, there's a reason for this. And the reason is a, a person there's such a thing as a telephone. Yeah. If you uh, read people who love to deny that there's anything outside of the body, there's nothing outside of the body. Consciousness is a derivative of the body. They'll always tell you, "Look." The stupid idea that there's a soul, there's, there's, there's something outside, there's something beyond the body itself. Look, a guy's in a bad mood, you give him a medication, you shift the chemical, he's in a good mood. This whole idea, happiness, depression, it's all, it's buttons in the body. It's, it's, you're pressing zero, you press nine, you press one, one. And look, when you break the telephone, there's no voices. You break the body, there's nothing here. Isn't that the best proof in the world? Gewaltica proof. Here's the key. Things get proven based on paradigms. So I know a professor at McGill University, a neuroscientist. His name is Yaakov Brower. So he was once giving a lecture on neuroscience, and they had a skeleton in the room. They had a skeleton, and he took his son with him from his house, just to, you know, to play in the university instead of Machemer uh, Shiger, the the boy. So I know his son. So he brings the son. He was six years old. And suddenly he sees a skeleton. Not easy for a six-year-old. So he looks at it and he goes over to his father and he says, Right, Tati, this is not a real uh this is not a real body of a person. First of all, it's white. Second of all, there's an arm missing and there's a leg missing. And also there's screws everywhere. <laughs> for sure it's not a real skeleton. And his his father nodded. Of course it was a real skeleton. (laughs) But the boy, to deal with his fear, decided it's not. And he brought proofs. There's screws inside and it's white and there's an arm and leg missing. Obviously it's not a real skeleton. Great proofs, no? A real skeleton doesn't have screws in it. And that's it. Then you're fine. When I'm living in a certain modality, I have proof for it too. It's great proof. You break the telephone, there's no voices. What happened to all those people? You break the body, there's nothing else. There's no consciousness. You change a chemical, you shift it, and everything changes. Obviously, it's just a piano, it's just a machine. It's a functioning machine, that's it. There's electricity that we call life, but there's nothing else, that's it. There's not even something called eye. There's no eye. A violin doesn't have an eye. It's a wonderful instrument, but there's no eye. A telephone doesn't have identity. The telephone doesn't go to therapy. Maybe today, yeah, but... The people make it Meshuggah. In LA it's Shaykh. But uh this this, this I is the most it's rubbish, it's rubbish. These are all fundamentalist philosophical abstract religious indoctrination. You understand the Marshal? You understand the nimshal? Here is parable number two. this is a parable from the Hasidim of the Mittler Rebbe who was the son of the Balatanya there was a paritz, an overlord you know they used to do this, he had a Jew didn't pay rent, you know how all the stories go took him and his family and threw them into a pit it was a big elaborate cave, dark no opening On top, there was a little tiny lid. They would throw down food and water every day. It was miserable, but so was life. And that's what they had, so that's where they lived. And another family was thrown in. Another family was thrown in. Tragic as it was, this was their life. Children get older. They had to get married there. New generations were born. Kids who were born in the pit started to grow up. The old men and women died. And so life went on for many generations. The original people who were thrown in were gone. Now it was only the new generations who came later. But the tradition was so powerful and so clear that this is not life. This is a fake life. This is a horrible life. This is a tragic life. There's a whole world out there where the sun rises and sets every day with our oceans and rivers and lakes and canals and people and animals and mammals and birds and reptiles and bushes and trees and sunlight and a sun and a moon and darkness and vegetation and climate, etc. Anyway, after a long time, a brilliant man stood up and said... Let's face it, you have been sold, you have been sold a bowl of Cholent. This is a ridiculous, ridiculous tradition. There's no world out there. This is life. This is reality. This is some good fantasizer who needed something to look forward to because this is a boring, dead place. You live and die. He needed to create some action and tell good night stories to the kids. So he made up in his imagination a world that doesn't exist. And he was so convincing, the two groups split. There was now 50-50, the believers and the atheists. The believers said, there's a world out there. The atheists said, there's no. And they used to argue all day. And this is what gave them action. And they made a cheirim against them, of course. They said, you're apikursim and you're Kaifrib And they said, it's the other way around. You're a bunch of crazy jobs. They stopped speaking to each other. But then they got together again because they only had one little pit to live in. And they were bringing food. There's food coming in. <laughs> this food coming in. Yeah, of course, it's part of the process. <laughs> It's called the laws of nature. Food comes in. Water comes in. Yeah, there happens to be uh some flow of water that comes the goes comes down. You know, this what back, 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 back. Vahiayahim, you know the end of the story? Vahyaim, somebody fell in. They look up, mefa yelled. Where did this guy come from? He says, where, where I came from? Where, where have you been? What are you doing here? He said, what are we doing here? We're living in the world. <laughs> We're living life. He says, this is the world? There's a whole other world. He said, what other world? So he told them about where he comes from. That's the end of the story. That's the end of the marshal. Now I want you to think about one question. The side that was in the cave, the group that was in there, and believed there's an outside world, Versus the other group that was in the cave and didn't believe there's an outside world, are they closer in terms of their perception of reality to the one who fell into the cave and said there's an outside world? You would say they're much closer, right? Huh? Huh? Really? In facts, but in perception of reality, are they really closer? In other words, who's more similar to each other, the two groups who are arguing or the guy who fell fell in from the outside world? Who's really more similar to each other? (laughs) The two groups are more similar to each other, right? (laughs) Even though they're arguing with each other. The two groups are arguing with each other. They're ready to kill each other, but they're much closer. (laughs) You know why? Because they live in the same world. They live in the same paradigm. You understand? <laughs> the two groups are really more or less the same. Okay, yeah, you have this. Your brain works like this, my brain works like this, you know? My Chavrus is a better a better arguer, you know? You see, the two groups are more or less the same. Even those who are saying the truth, what's really the difference between them and the other group? They happen to have Mazel. <laughs> But it's a muzzle. And if I was, if, if I was sitting in your chair, (laughs) and if I grew up with you in the house, yeah, and if I would be a little more cynical by nature, right? And the people would sell me lies more often. And if my imagination was less fertile, it's circumstantial. I say this, you say this. (laughs) He comes from there. It's reality. So you can have a believer and not believer, they're more or less the same. <laughs> because they're operating in the same reality. He happens to have muzzle, he's saying the right thing. <laughs> but I don't have to do with him. These are the two mashallah that I'm going to ask you to think about today. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at w dot the dot net slash donate.